This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in 18 months, I went through a divorce, sold my house, my mother died, my sister died, and I was like, now what? You know, everything counts. And I think when you show people that they're capable and you give them proper scaffolding and proper things to work with, the sky's the limit. It is the new year and everybody, everybody talks about resolutions, getting on diets, losing weight. A lot of people talk about getting more healthy and I have the leader in this movement. He had a book that was number one on New York Times bestseller list for more than two years. Uh, We have Dr. Mike Marino here who wrote initially The 17 Day Diet and followed up with a few other books in his new book, The 17-Day Kickstart Diet, is out now. Thanks for joining us. Can't, couldn't be in a better place. Yeah. Better hands, right? Better hands, man. And everyone is talking about diets. Yeah. And your book specifically is called The 17-Day Diet, which sounds too easy. Right. You know, that's what everybody, even my friends, took shots at me for that for a long time. But, you, you know, at the original one was a 17-day concept based upon that whole idea of we can do anything for 17 days. I think uh, where we fail, and it's really lifestyle change, right? It's not just lose weight. It's where we fail, I think, is just setting goals that are a bit lofty. Mm. And uh, I think we need to be realistic with ourselves and we need to kind of give people doable things. And when you do, I think you see success. Do you think that more women or men, if you were to generalize, go on diets? So that's, an, first of all, no one's ever asked me that question. And it's a brilliant question. I would say it's, it's close to equal, but I would say the guys tend to be a more a hush hush about it. Why? I don't know. I think women struggle a hell of a lot more. I mean, I grew up around four sisters and uh, I think women struggle more primarily because of hormonal issues and a lot of other things. I always say to my patients, I'm like, thank God I'm a guy oh. because being a woman, I mean, God bless them. And by the way, the, <laughs> if you think about it, the fabrics and fashions made to design women, those are so much more tight fitting form, yeah. whatever dudes get to wear. Dude. Like right now I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You're wearing jeans. I got jeans. And a t-shirt. Sometimes I have women come in here on the podcast. They're wearing a jumpsuit or a crop top. Yeah. I, it's uh, let, let me tell you, I, I've been practicing family medicine 25 years and I, my women patients, I hold them near and dear. Cause I'm like, God, thank God I'm a you know, dude. You'd be perfect. <laughs> we have a food and wellness group that meets Aaron. What is it? Every Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. 
Um, it's over Zoom. It's uh-huh. a spinoff of one of my other groups, and they they'll bring in different speakers. But you would be they would love to have you, and they listen to this podcast. And so when the book comes out, I think you could do a launch for them for the new year if you're willing. Absolutely, you do it from Zoom it. from your own home. But uh, I'm a big believer in how important it is for our mental health, how we take care of our health, our nutrition. And so what what have you found since you're you know like you you've been doing this for years, right? What have you found is the mindset of the person who gets healthier? versus not get healthier. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. To me, it's about building confidence. I think in so many ways, we've lost faith in humanity. We've lost faith in ourselves. And I'll tell you, people feel like they can't do it. And I think that when you show people, and that was the whole concept, when you show people that, yeah, they can lose weight, they can get up and move. You know, everything counts. And I think when you show people that they're capable and you give them proper scaffolding and proper things to work with, the sky's the limit. And I've seen transformations. And I'll tell you, it's life-changing exponentially. It's not that that person, it's their partner, it's their kids, their grandkids, mm-hmm. their friends. So, I mean, to me, there's no better thing, but you just got to reinstill confidence in people. And and uh, I think that's a real big, big thing. So you talk about setting realistic goals, right? So let's talk about what is realistic and unrealistic goals for weight loss. Well, I think it depends on where you're starting from. And I think the most important thing is, first of all, recognizing that we are all different. My mother, when I was a child, uh, bless her, she used to always say this to me. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't know what the hell it meant, but she used to say, never mind the Jones and the Smiths. Now, I'm, I'm a Mexican kid. I grew up in San Joaquin Valley. We didn't have any Jones and Smiths in my neighborhood. I was quite sure of that. But at the time, I kind of thought, eh, what are my mom's crazy things that she used to say? But I recognized that what it was, was that we are all different. Mm. You mind yourself. You pay attention to yourself. You do what's right in terms of how you live your life. And I think people need to realize that. Never compare yourself to anybody else. Wherever you are, that's where you are. And that's where you begin your journey. And I think my job is to break that down, figure out where they are, figure out what they can do, not what they can't do. You know, it's it's about what you can do, not what you can't. And it's about what you're going to do and not what you fail to do. Look, I'm going to give some bias here. This may not be popular opinion <laughs> because I see people set goals on a daily basis in terms of their weight loss and what have you. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with a lot of people and sometimes their goal for the day is drink more water. I think that's lazy. I think <laughs> if you're going to focus on, that's just a given of being a human. Yeah, right. drink more water. But some people will literally live on that as if that's their, right. that's going to work. You know, I, it's, I, I say there are four things. That's one pillar, right? It, it's important. That's one part of it. One part of it. Right. You got to fuel your body properly. You have to hydrate, to your point. You have to move, right? I hate the word exercise because for some people, getting out of a chair is hard. Mm. And I respect where people are in their lives. 
And the fourth thing is, and this is my biggest one that drives me really bananas, is you have to respect the stress in your life. Mm. Nothing drives me more crazy when people say, you got to deal with stress or avoid stress. I'm sorry, but I don't find that helpful. Mm. I really don't. I think stress is different for you, for all of us, for everybody. What stresses you out may not even stress me out. So I think you respect it. But to your point, that's one one leg of the chair. Yeah, but that's not going to do it. No, it's not going to do it. It's a good starting point, right? So to get going on all fours is the, is the ultimate goal, but you got to start somewhere. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morf. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. When you, you yourself have gone through... As a doctor, you're very out that you've been in therapy for over 20 years. Yeah, same therapist. And we get in fights and everything. It's kind of crazy. It's pretty, I mean, we've, we'll get in fights for like three months and I won't talk to you. It's like, just, it's what 22 brought, years. What brought you initially to go to therapy? Because a lot of doctors have a that I've worked with have a bit of, they are the hero and they don't ask for help. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm very open with my patients and they all know, I have patients been with me over two decades and they know because I speak freely of it. And I think it's important to set that sort of, that understanding that, you know, we all need help and mm -hmm. we don't always get it from our best friend or our family. You need that person. For me, I think for a lot of people, it was a relationship that went south. Uh, and I was at a time in my life where, um, you know, everything was just turning on all, on, you know, perfectly. And when that happened, uh, it would just devastated with me. And one of my dearest friends from med school, and we still work together today, he's like, you know, go see this person. She helped me through a lot of difficult stuff. And so that's for me, it was, and this is, you know, 22 years later, still seeing her. But what, what was the moment when you say you went through a bad relationship where you went, I need someone else to help me? Where, was it the thoughts you were having towards yourself? Was it the uh, lack of motivation. I felt like I wasn't getting the true answers from the people I had turned to originally. Initially, I should say, not originally. Now, but, was this a relationship where she didn't want to be with you or you didn't want to be with her? You know, it was it was both, but I think probably more it was she didn't want to be with me and it was a distancing and all of these, all of these things. So I think your ego gets punched in the gut a bit. But um it, it it was the right decision. And I mean, how many people listening right now just go, yeah, I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been through it. And uh, it just, to me, it was a time where I just felt, I, I really can't put a, a, a hand on it or I just can't tell you exactly, but there was something that when I was talking to the people who I'd talked to all my life, mm -hmm. I, I felt like I wasn't getting the right answer. What did, what were the aha moments that you've had? I mean, I'm sure you've had a ton of them through therapy, but what are some of the aha moments? Um, you know, I think I struggle with relationships for a number of reasons. And I always have, um, I was married and to amazing woman, we, you know, we divorced and that, that went South. We're still great friends. I think we're better friends now than we were. Um, I've struggled with relationships. I grew up in divorce 
I, I, yeah. And I, so, and I was, you know, I had a good relationship with my mother and father and they got along good, but I grew up, you know, there's seven kids in our family and I was the youngest of seven. And it was kind of like, I I was really kind of a mama's boy because I kind of hung out with my mom all the time and I lived with her, but it was, uh, I didn't have that unit, right. That, that, you know, the cleaver unit where, where, you know, for the, I'm dating myself, I guess. Um, but, uh, I didn't have that unit that a lot of my friends did. None of my friends, quite honestly, grew up in divorce. And to me, it was just kind of like what the norm. Mm. So I think it screwed me up as I got older. Yeah. I, I found growing up in a family well, my parents were married for, I think it was 30 years, mm-hmm. and they listened. So mom and dad, I mean, this is the reality. Um, but they weren't, it wasn't a happy marriage. You know, it, there wasn't a lot of affection, regardless of who was right or who was wrong. And I do think that how we see our parents express love and intimacy has a profound effect on how we understand intimacy. Right. And I didn't understand. I mean, if you'd asked me intimacy, I was a kid. I didn't know what the hell was going on in the world, you know? And so I don't know because I didn't grow up in that, that, you know, environment where you had mom and dad and they were together for decades. And that was, so I don't know. Like, I guess- was what was the thing you were doing in relationships that you realized, oh shit, I'm doing this and that's not serving me? I mean, I was probably a real ass at times. I can guarantee you that. Um, like condescending or? No, not so much that. Selfish. Yeah. I, I mean, selfish is uh, how I, the only way I can explain it. And um, I mean, I think we all go through those moments where we're selfish. I think to, I tell my patients this all the time, in order to be giving, you have to be selfish sometimes. You have to take care of you. You have to put yourself in a physically and mentally good place in order to do what you want to do um, for the loved ones you have. So, but I think selfish can, for the most part, a lot of times carry a negative connotation to it. And for mm. me, I think it did. And I just, I, I, um, I don't, I don't really know. I, that's one big aspect to back to your original question. Um, I was just kind of consumed with uh, the world around me and what was going on. And, and um, eh, if I had to do it again, I, I think I would have played things a little differently. The outcome may still be the same, um, but I may have played a little differently. It'd be interesting to go back. You mean in relationships? I think in a lot of things, right. but in relationships, I think that's where I've struggled. I, I feel like I've been fortunate to be where I am now and practicing medicine and, and, you know, working with people on their weight loss efforts on, on their health efforts, really. Um, but, uh, so I've been fortunate, I think professionally, but yeah, you know, I have these days and I've had them for years where you just go home and I'm like, you know, I'm not quite as, I used to say this to my therapist all the time. I'm, I should say, what, you know, what's going on in your head. I said, I can't pinpoint it, Ellen. But all I can say is I'm not as happy as I feel like I should be. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, we, uh, especially for people who are really driven mm-hmm. and trying to accomplish more and more, uh, we sometimes can have the idea that we should be. I call it the sh- you're shitting all over yourself (laughs) because it's the inability to be in the moment and really love what is now right and have gratitude and as cliche as it is it is the best medicine 
to changing mindset is really taking a step back and being grateful for what we see in our partner, what we see in our life. But yeah. if we're not in that mindset, uh, it feels like we can kind of be chasing our tail and be a little confused. Yeah. And that's what it was. You know, I, I, I can't say it any better than that. And I mean, let me ask you a question. Uh, I, I guess we can do, yeah, two, we can. do two ways here. So how does somebody, when I say that statement and it really is, uh, you know, it's impacted me a lot and I've said it probably a thousand times, but when, when someone says I'm not as happy as they should be, how do you know how happy you should be? Well, I, I think that defining what should is, uh, right? yeah. it's, it's I mean, similar. <laughs> it's similar to uh, anything. You know, feelings aren't facts, right? So just because we feel not great doesn't mean that it's not great, right? We just happen to have some feelings around it or some thoughts or beliefs around it. So I tend to help people identify, well, what would you rather have mm -hmm. and how important are those things? Or are you just picking apart whatever it is, because it can never be good enough. And that's really the problem is you have a mindset of it's never good enough, which I've been there. We all have. Right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. I, yeah. I mean, God, you want to go back because I'll tell you, life flies. You know, another yeah. thing my mother used to always say, wait till you get my age, you'll see. And I used to think, eh, you know, that's just my older mother saying something. No, it's true. And as you get older and you, you go through life, it does fly. And you just think to yourself, man, what I've done is different or, or taken a different path or I, I don't know. Would you, you know, have done anything different in your life looking back? God, I, I mean, we'd be here all day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are so many things and, and there are probably things I couldn't think of offhand. Is I love my career. you look back and you go, oh, the result would have been better or? I, I think it would have been, I think it would have been better, but it may have been worse. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, listen, I'm happy for everything I have. I'm grateful. And I've had amazing friends and family all my life. But sometimes you, you sit there, you know, at the end of the day and you sit, you know, I live by myself. I have two cats that I love dearly. And uh, they were the product of my ex-wife and she she left, she left me these two cats. I was mad at the time, but now I, I couldn't live without them. But, you know, sometimes you sit there and I'm thinking, all right, is this, is, this is how it's, this is all it is. Is this how it's supposed to be? You and the two cats. Yeah. And, uh, and now, you know, I have a girlfriend now and, and she's fantastic. But again, you go back and you just think, you know, Monday morning quarterback, right? Can you go back and change what you did and would your changes have made a different outcome. I don't know, man. Well, I, I really think, don't. I think it's, um, I've, I'm single and I'll get a lot of people saying, why are you single? <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'll even have friends who they're wanting to get into deep conversations around why I should have, uh, someone in my life. And I, I'm very happy right. with my life. Um, I'm very happy uh, having alone time with my dog. Right. Um, <laughs> the only time, and I do love, the thing that I do love is I love caring for someone. I love giving to someone. I love thinking about someone, but it's not that important. Although culture would say it's tremendously important to be in a relationship. And if you don't die with your, which by the way, one of you is going to die before the other anyways. Uh, yeah, so you're still going to be left alone. <laughs> so do I want to be left alone when I've been with someone for 60 years 
Probably that's got to be miserable. You know, like the how quickly people die after their loved one dies when they've been married a long time. Yeah. I was looking at research before. It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. And, you know, I think that's an amazing point because having seen patients over the years and people, you know, it it baffles me again, going back to when I was a kid. But when I have patients, they're like, yeah, we've been married 62 years. I'm like, what? And when one passes, I can't imagine that pain you to your point. I can't, I can't even, I, I mean, I can't imagine how someone gets through that. I, I, I really don't know. I got to ask really quick. Is there a big change of dating today versus before you um, got married? You know, d- drastically, right? And I never did like the online stuff or whatever. I'm not a techie kind of guy. I'm just not, you know, I could go back to an old phone if I could. Um, but it's drastically different. And I know this from a lot of my friends or a lot of my, you know, my friend's kids to this, to that point. It is. And, I, you know, I was back in the old days, right, where you just go out and you meet someone and someone, hey, I want you to meet my friend or you write down their name on a napkin, you know, old school or in Matchbox or whatever it was. But, yeah, it's drastically different. I think it's way harder. People say it's easier. I say no way. I think it's what dating. Yeah. As an adult. Yeah, I think so. Because, I, I, you, you know, you're set in your ways. And I think it's tough to to really kind of, again, talk about breaking down the barriers of yourself and being selfish. You gotta be, it, it's tough. Life's hard, period. I, you know, it, yeah, it, it's it complex, just is. Period. It, it really is. It's just hard, you know, and people that know me and maybe people that are listening to this right now will know, who, who know me, They'll. I say that all the time. When I'm just overwhelmed, that's what I say. God, you know, life's hard and it really is. Mm. It really is. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit to realize it is hard Mm. and we need help and we got to figure out a way to do what we want to do. We all deserve to be happy. When do you think a man and a woman is in her prime health? I think for most men, I think it's in their late twenties, early thirties. I think as you start to get into your, and you know, that's, there's variability for cultures and things like that. Right. Um, and I think for women, it's more challenging because I think for women, it's in their twenties and early thirties and men, it's their late thirties and early forties. Oh, men are late thirties, early forties. I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of men, they let themselves go when they get married and they don't, you know, they don't care as much. And I don't think that's cool. Like, that's not fair to the your partner, man, woman, yeah, you whatever. Just become you know? less sexy. Yeah, that's not cool. You right. know, I think, uh, listen, you, everyone wants to feel good about themselves and who they're with. So I, I don't know. I think we should all try to live our best lives always. Mm. And what health issues do you typically see from someone who neglects their health, who starts to age? Yeah, I think weight is the biggest one. Right. Is and that I, the biggest uh, killer of uh, of health is too much fat? I think it's it's the beginning of many problems. So when you look at people who start to put on, you know, the extra pounds and I'm not talking five or 10 extra pounds. I mean, I can put that on on a vacation. Mm. But as you start to go that direction, come a lot of the disease processes and then maybe blood pressure. And now you're on medications and then it just steamrolls in a bad place, a bad direction. So I think it starts with weight. And I think 
right behind that is is moving and staying active mentally and physically. What do you think of the movement that's happening where people may be 100 pounds overweight and there's this culture that that is beautiful and that's healthy and that's... You know, it's, it's interesting you say this because two days ago I was having lunch and one of my colleagues happened to walk by the restaurant. I was sitting there and he's a doctor as well. We started the same day together and he brought up that exact question. And um, we talked about it. And I think that the way I view a human is not the external. When I, and this is me, I'm a physician, I'm a primary care guy. When I see someone walk in the room, I don't judge, you know, their their size or their sexual orientation, whatever. That's not my thing. I look at the person, the spirit, the individual, and I say to myself, to your point, if someone is 100 pounds overweight, does it make them not beautiful, not sexy? No, it doesn't. But it puts them at risk for health problems. And to their point, if they want to exist and be that healthy and that beautiful person, you still have to take care of your health. So it is a bit of an illusion to be 100 pounds overweight and for it to be good medically for your health. A hundred percent. I don't think any physician out there anybody yeah i guess there. that's not a physician-led movement no and there I, are no physicians talking about that no no one's it's, gonna take that it's influencers <laughs> yeah and i think you know is it is it's like saying you know like red hair and blonde hair and brunettes look, look i don't that's not how i judge someone right? right i just want someone to be happy and live a long healthy life and carrying around an extra hundred pounds doesn't say you're not beautiful or you're not sexy. You're not, it's not saying that. It's just saying your existence on, on the planet is less likely to occur because of the health, health hazards associated with well, that. Well, let's say Tony and I decide to do the 17-day diet. All right. I mean, I'm going to Brazil. I'm always, you know, but, but the, the reality <laughs> is I, I, feel, I feel real comfortable in my own skin. Right. And I feel, I think that the more comfortable I've been in my own skin, my body has followed for whatever reason. It's really interesting. It's, but I have also always kind of been comfortable, even when I've been 30 pounds heavier. I guess my self esteem hasn't been equated to uh, how big my belly is. Right. Uh, but I'm single and I am going to go to some parties and I want to look banging. Right. So my, my, if I was going on that 17 day diet, my goal would be banging. What would yours be? What would your goal be? Banging? What I mean that is like, I want to be thick, but kind of, kind of see the abs, oh, big legs. I want to be banging times two then. <laughs> what does that mean? I want to be banging times two. I want to be thick too. And I want to have muscle and I want to maybe not have abs, but just like a little belly, like a little, it's, as long as it's flat, that's all I want. I think that's reasonable. So what do we do in these 17 days? Well, I mean, the first thing is you got to know where you're starting from and give yourself a reasonable goal, mm. right? I, I, you know, the one thing about my programs that I feel is you don't starve. It's not about giving up, you know, this and that. It's, yeah, maybe giving up some of the junk food and the obvious things that aren't good for you. But for me, it's really about the concept of more of the good and less of the bad. That's simply put true with everything. Look, if you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, obviously the best would be zero. But if I can get you down to half a pack, that's a win. Mm. If you eat meat seven days a week and I can get you down to three days a week, that's a win. I, so I feel like Tony would be a prime, if you're willing, Tony, 
a, a category, like a person. Yeah. He's never been to therapy. He's probably only been to a doctor a handful of times when he's in crisis. <laughs> he's a young guy though. Look at this guy. <laughs> Tony's of Mexican descent. Um, and which I don't know, I guess in his family, like, you know, like seeking out professionals and doctors is yeah, just not. It's so true. No, it, I mean, it's, it's culturally. I, that's my, my life as well. That's totally like not what you do. But if Tony was getting on the 17 day Kickstarter diet, did, what other information do you need from him in order to figure out what to do with him? To be two times banging? Yeah, to be two times banging. <laughs> I think I'm very good with being told what to do as far as like, if you tell me to eat something, Right. Like I'll be like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll just do it. And I just won't eat out. I eat out every day. Yep. But you can still ch make healthy choices about when you eat out. For sure. Which I try to do that. Right. But if you tell me like, hey, from here on out, do this, this, eat this, this, and this. All right. I'll, I'll do it. Like he got me on eating oatmeal. Yeah. Never ate oatmeal before I met Mike. Really? Yeah. Never. So now I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'll eat oatmeal. Like this morning I ate oatmeal because I'm like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, good. it's good for you. So if you like tell me exactly what to eat, then I'll be like, All right, the problem cool. is we don't even know what the hell is good or bad for us. I was yeah, eating corn nowadays. nuts. I was eating corn nuts for a year and I thought they came off a tree <laughs> and later I found out they're fried <laughs> nuts. But, but part of it is, is figuring out what to put in your body. Because look, unless you get into the science of it, which I know you know the science backwards and forwards, unless you're fanatical about it, which is a certain type of right. person, which is the minority. Very Most few people, people, you're right. Most people don't know, but you don't need to know those down and dirty, deep details, right? It's good from bad. So how do Most you measure what is more of the good and what is less of the bad? How I think you, you got to, uh, what I do with my patients initially is I make sure they understand, you know, what the difference between fats, proteins, and carbs basic right i feel like fat should be called something else yeah because i that's an ugly it's word so, i don't like it's that it's so word. unfortunate that that <laughs> it's an ugly word right. and whenever i hear fats and then they're like peanut butter i'm like oh but fats i'm thinking it's gonna be right ham like fat. bad i yeah. know and it's like the good fats right but i think separating those that's a really good point it's true fat is just like not i don't like it's that not word. a sexy word no, it's not you know they protein, could call it yeah. they could call it like booster or uh, something something work so, on something so we, need, we need a protein fat protein carbs and fats okay understanding which which are which and i think one of the biggest just to give you one example people don't recognize that fruit can be unhealthy if you take too much mm. fruit is great there are fiber and there's fiber there are minerals there are vitamins it's it's natural you know it's whatever it's plant-based however there are a lot of people who eat five or six servings of fruit. And fruit is good because of what I tell people. Why? It's juicy and sweet. That's what people, no one bites into a piece of fruit and says, oh, this was the best apple I ever had. It was dry and not sweet. No one says that. So there are sugars. And when you eat too much sugar, I've had so many diabetics over the years that are like, I thought fruit was healthy. It is, but too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So separating those basic things out, you know, and Understanding your audience, right? Like, again, I grew up Mexican. Well, I'm still Mexican. I grew up Mexican, right? <laughs> I grew up and I continue to grow up. If you went to my father and said, no more tortillas, no more rice, he would probably, you know, punch you in the face and walk out of your <laughs> office. You're never going to see him again. I understand that, right? I work with a lot of, you know, Hispanics. I work with the Filipino population in San Diego. There's a lot. 
You need to understand that there are certain things that they enjoy, that they love, they're part of their culture, they bring family together, whatever it is, right? And you can't take that away from them, but you can say, hey, how can we make this still work for you, but also not work against you? And I think that's important. Are you a big believer in organic versus not? No. And there's really a difference? No. I really you think that's not. all uh, conspiracies? I, I think it's, uh, un, I think it's, 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 I don't think there's a lot of truth to that. And yeah. by the way, you eat an organic pear or a non-organic pear, it's out of your system anyways, really quickly. <laughs> right. It's not like, you know, look, I think as long as it's, you know, the whole idea, right, is the pesticides and the this and that, I, you know, is it better? Great. But a lot of that stuff is pricey, you know, and I think people, and it doesn't last is the other thing. But you, you're into CBD, I, I think I'm into the whole plant and supplements and natural way of doing things. I think the hemp plant itself is an amazing plant with so many things that we don't even know that it's capable of. CBD being one. Is the hemp plant the new goji berry? Well, <laughs> maybe. I don't think it's been around. Well, I don't know how long goji berry has been around. I don't know. I feel Good like question. one year goji berry was like the hottest thing. It was. It was on everything. It tastes like crap. Do, do you every now and then... Um, like if you still visit your mom, have a cheat meal where you eat whatever she makes or. Yeah. So my mom passed away a couple of years ago, but almost knocking on 93 years. So, hey, what a hell of a run. Amazing lady. But I will tell you. Um, yeah. What you know, because I know it's, you know, it's like I'll have some of it. And yeah, you know, you'd get a little bit of like, but there were certain meals that I grew up as a kid and. It was potatoes. It was rice. It was beans. I mean, I had Mexican food last night. Crying out loud, I had, you know, tortillas and and uh, man, it was phenomenal. But uh, you know your limit. And for me, I I get on a scale in the morning. I think it's the best time to weigh yourself is one time a day at the same time of the day. And you got to know where you're starting. And you got to know where your range is. So for me, I get on the scale. I know my range. It's not a you know one digit. I know the range and I know that if I'm on the high end of that range, today's got to be a day where I'm more aware. Hmm. Yeah. And if not, hey, I can go a little crazy. I want to quickly backtrack to what we were talking about earlier because I asked one of a previous guest that we had here the same question. What's something that you would recommend to someone going through a divorce? Oh, man. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I will say the number one thing, and people are listening, maybe think I'm crazy, but it is communicating with your ex or your partner, the current partner or ex-partner. I mean, for us, I, I'm not going to sit here and BS and say that I didn't like, you know, despise her those first few months. But uh, I mean, we talk, we text, we are so supportive of each other. And I'm very open about it in the book. I think it's not about finding the best attorney. You know, I think that's our gut reflex and that's where we go to. It's about, you know, we think about money and this and she's going to, he or she's going to do this, whatever it is. I think you got to kind of understand that at one point you love that person. At one point you respected that person. And at one point you guys saw eye to eye and, and understood each other and it didn't work right or wrong or whatever. But I think you got to go back to those factual things and make your best efforts to communicate with people. Because I, I think people just make a mess out of things that really don't need to go there. It takes two, though, right? I mean, yeah. And I think... And the challenge is if one right. is down for it and the other's not. Making it... Uh, yeah. But at least if you 
go down knowing you put your best foot forward. Man, that's just true in life, you know? You really do. And you're not always right, but if you have good intentions, I don't know. I mean, hey. In the food industry, what is one thing you wish would change? Um, Do you mean like any? Yeah, like, for more healthy, uh, for people to get healthier, what is one thing, whether it's one, uh, something that's pushed in the media or something that's just so accessible that everyone falls into it. I, I honestly think, and this is a big wish, but I, I think when you look at fast food and I always say people blame everything on fast food, but I tell my patients all the time, I will take you to McDonald's and I will pick something healthy mm. because it's there. It's not going to get picked for you, right? You can go to a lot of places as long as you make the choice, you know, no one says, hey, welcome to McDonald's. I'm not picking on McDonald's. I'm just saying because that's the go-to, but welcome to wherever you're going to order this. It's the menus there and you have to make those options. So back to your question, it would be to make the healthier things more affordable mm. and the not so healthy things less affordable. Mm. Big wish, probably every fast food chain is going to have my neck. But really, if we're really in it for our health, then, you know, let's help each other out. Yeah, it's not, you know, front and center. The yeah, healthy. it's there, but it's buried. And even I I find the challenge is going to a gas station or 7-Eleven. Sure, you can get a protein bar, you can get nuts. But that's if you the need, two things I go for. Right, that? me too. And a bottle of water. And I avoid, it. I avoid, you know what's interesting is once you start down the road of eating candy bars or sugar when you travel on planes the next day what i've found for myself is i crave totally it's it's like it, i crave that thing and so for me at my house and you know tony and aaron because you both are here you probably don't see much bad food do you <laughs> i, I came back say don't, uh, go ahead. i will say this <laughs> what did you find <laughs> Those horseradish chips. The first time I ever house up for you. What? I was going through your covers and I was like, this is some bullshit. Uh. <laughs> I have no chips, no Doritos, no candy, no nothing. Like, I wanted to. Like, actually, what kind of house sitting like, gig is this? Yeah, I was like, there's nothing here. There's like, like, not even like crackers. It was like just. I do peanuts. that by design because last night I, I went to Trader <laughs> Joe's the other day. I love, I love bean dip right and i love sour cream and onion chips i love a solid chip and i walk through the aisle of trader joe's and again they're not putting healthy items as you're on checkout right and i see this beautiful bag of horseradish <laughs> chips i go i've never had these horseradish <laughs> i was you gonna chips. say when you said that earlier I'm like, what are these <laughs> yeah what are these with the green kind of onion coating and and last night i found myself digging into this bag of chips at midnight before I go to bed, which is the worst time <laughs> to eat it. And I was so hungry for these chips and I had ate a full meal. Once you, it's almost like eating these types of food triggers. And that's what it where is. Where you can't stop. Yeah. And so I, by design, have none of that in my house because I know myself. I'm the guy who will get a, a, a someone will buy me for Christmas seized candies. Ah. Uh. Which I love. I love the, the butterscotch, butterscotch <laughs> squares or Mrs. Fields cookies or Hickory Farms or any of that. Yeah. But after about two or three, I'll go, oh, shit. 
I can't stop myself. Yeah. So then I pour water all over them and I throw them in the trash. And back in the day, I still would go in the trash to get that. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I can't have those things in my house. I can't and, I, and if I do, they will go down. For and, sure. Yeah. And when, I, and when I'm at work, and it's funny because everyone thinks of me as like, oh, you know, don't tell them you're eating this. You know, it's like, it's this big joke in the office. But when you go to the break room and you see this stuff, it's like donuts and this and that. And I'm like, I about face because if I sit in there long enough, I will go down. I don't have willpower. I'm the first to admit it. I just can't put that stuff in front of me. How often do you have a cheat meal? A cheat meal? Yeah. Like a meal where you're like, all right, cool. I know I'm not supposed to eat this, but I'm just going to. Listen, man, I love pizza and that's mm. never going to change. You know, so I mean, last good. night I had like three flour tortillas, you know, so I don't know. I have my cheat meals a fair amount, but again, but I, I go think back. There's, there's a, there's, I, again, like what's the cheat there's, meal? Well, there's, I think say. there's, um, there's almost the, I went to town and then there's cheat meal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there's this, ca there's categorizing. Cause some could be, you had three tortillas and yeah, it's like, what, what's the definition? Right. But then when you got enchiladas, with chips and salsa, with uh, what are those uh, Mexican desserts? Flan, flan, yeah, right. with flan. That's a whole other thing, right? Yeah, I think you know. Again, if you know where you're starting from, and it, you know your range, it's like to. So I know what I ate last night. I know when to get on the scale this morning. I'm like, I know what I'm probably going to see, and you know, so I know today's just a lean day, and I just go back to that weigh in this morning, and that's my guide. And I know, hey, I had a great time last night. I was laughing, mm. great music, eating good food, enjoying myself. You got to enjoy life, right? For sure. And so it's not about giving up everything that's good. You know, it's just maybe less of, of some of the stuff that's bad and, and trying to have more of the good stuff. But if you have a range and you, you're conscious of that and you just, it's, you're mindful of it. I think where people get off is they don't, you know, five becomes 10, becomes 20, becomes 50, and it happens quickly. Mm. And so I think if you, you, you know, I mean, I gained, when I got married, back to our point when we just started talking, when I got married, I was always the same weight. I put on 40 pounds. While you were married. Yeah. And I was in, I was, I'll never forget this. I was in Seattle. I hopped on a scale. It was Thanksgiving. I was with my wife. We're in a hotel. And I looked down and I was like, whoa. And it, but I hadn't hopped on a scale in months, maybe years, because I was in it, in life and enjoying, I was digging in. And then uh, I was like, whoa. And I remember I took a picture, I sent it to my brother and he, he said, uh-oh, that's what he responded in his text. He goes, is that your weight? And I go, yeah. And he goes, looks like someone better start reading their own book. So wow. the point being- well, How much did you weigh? I was, so I've always been 170. I was 210. And it seemed like I blinked my eyes and I was 40 pounds. And there I have a side-by-side -side picture of me and I show it to people and they're like, that's not you. I'm like, yeah, it is. And it's just like- Tony, he would have been more your type. I, <laughs> Tony likes him thick. <laughs> that's why I, I said no. Wow. By the way, you guys look like you could be uh, related. I can see it. Totally. Like said, Mike Marino's a, a, a tanner version of Tony. It's the same hair. <laughs> they have similar yeah. like smiles, yeah, grins. Yeah, I can see it. Totally. This is I a think, sign, Tony. I that's think right. we're related. I was like, whenever, <laughs> even whenever you, you were saying about in a relationship, how you can be selfish, I was like, yeah. I mean, listen, we're all guilty of it. Yeah. And I don't think it's a negative thing. I just think, well, again, if you don't do things with bad intent, I just think that, you know, like I said, you know, just 
being my mother always said, just be nice to people, do what you know is right. But sometimes you get caught up in it yourself. And I think, uh, you know, so, we're all guilty. So the 17 day kickstart diet, someone buys this book and this is a book that's going to be a guide with along with personal stories. This is the book. If they're choosing to get healthier in this new year. And that's it. It's about getting healthy. It's not just losing weight. Of course, you'll lose weight. But the aspects of health aren't just what the scale says. You know, it's your mindset. It's, it's proper goal setting. It's support systems. It's sleep. It's stress management. It's, uh, you know, supplements, which are good, which are bad, which are ridiculous. It's, it's really about the you know movement activity so each chapter is designed on different aspects of our health and i think all of those things go into it we got just kind of diverted into this thing where what you weigh is who you are and what you are no i think that's bs i think there are people who are fit we call it fit fat right they look fit but inside their organs aren't you know happy you why know? is that you know it's a lot of it's genetics and I think for um, a lot of people, you can eat certain foods and, and get by with a lot less. I think a lot of people can exercise or try to exercise way, their ways through bad diets. But a lot of people who fail to look at their, you look at these people that walk through my door and they're, they're thin, but you know, culturally or genetically, they have high blood pressure or they're diabetic or pre-diabetic. Um, you know, it's just some of these uncontrollable factors, but you know, you can't control what's out of your control. I, I think you acknowledge it and you understand that, but you focus your mind on things you have control over. Um, and I tell people you can't control whether it's going to rain tomorrow or not. If you can control the weather, great. Let me know. I'd love to know how, but you can prepare for it, right? You can drive slowly to work. You can wear a coat. You can take an umbrella. You can wear the proper shoes. So it's really looking at what we can control in our lives and focusing our efforts on that rather than just, you know, spending our time and effort on things we, that are out of our control. And do you, um, because I, from my experience, a lot of people who do diets have done a lot of diets. Yeah, you're spot there's on. A, there's a demographic of people. And then there's some people who will buy this book and it's their first time buying a, uh, this type of book. Right. Uh, so for the person who has bought into a lot of diets and maybe bought your previous book, you know, 10 plus years ago, what are they going to get out of this that's different? Well, they're going to get the same sort of template in terms of proper nutrition, basic proper nutrition. Of course, there are a lot of amazing recipes to make tasty foods, but I think what's different about this is the focus on each chapter on where someone is and Really, to me, the most critical thing is why in your life you may be there. And I think the introduction is, it's pretty heavy, you know, and I did the Audible about a month back and, and read the Audible in a studio as I was reading it, which is a real task, by the way. I know. Oh, my God. Talk about it. I mean, when your stomach growls, they stop. I don't everything. know about you, but whenever I do audio <laughs> it's books. It's brutal. And you deal with the producers. Like, can you <laughs> so do that hard. word one more time? Yeah. <laughs> can you do that line? You end up like hating yep. the producer you're working with. The stomach growled a little bit. Let's go back. Sounded great. But let's pick. I'm like, Jesus. Pick up the energy right, right there. Exactly. So, you know, the idea is 
when I read through that intro that I had read a thousand times and written, it it choked me up because I talked about divorce. I talked about. Would you get to keep the choked up version? You know, uh, that would have been no. You know, it actually that would have been really authentic and great. Would have been, and uh, I I think they kind of like put a yeah. They you know the the that's not what they want. That's not what they want. No, but that that's and it's hard with publishers. What people don't realize is there's they're used to you doing a certain way, a certain type of way, a certain thing, and there's no deviation. Yep. And they have rules because there needs to be rules like anything. But that would have been a cool moment. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I never thought of that until you brought this up, but it it really would. It, it, was, it was hard to read and I knew it. I could memorize it. When I talk about the intro, I, I went into some, some stuff that really impacted me and, you know, in in a matter of 18 months, I went through a divorce. Uh, on literally the same day, my sister was diagnosed with cancer, died 12 days later, and my mother had a massive stroke and died 11 months later. So in 18 months, I went through a divorce, sold my house, my mother died, my sister died, and I was like, now what? And I mean, listen, I I I was doing making poor choices and drinking a lot and um you know, just, just making bad choices. And I thought, and I think a lot of us do this. We're like, well, I have a reason to do these things. I have a reason to smoke two cigars every night and, you know, drink bourbon and all these things. And you kind of justify it, but you have to pick yourself up. And we all go through these troubled things. Um, and it's different for everybody. It's not just divorce or death. It's, it's so many different things. And our lives and and our stories are unique to us. And I think that's what lays the pathway. And I think, you know, I can't say it enough. People need to go a little easier on themselves and recognize that uh, life is hard, but we can do this and we can achieve better health and optimal health. We just have to, uh, you know, look for the answers in the right place. Well, where can everyone find you and find the book? So uh, the, the book, as you said, is 17-Day Kickstart Diet. Um, DrMikeDiet.com is where uh, you'll have all of my things. Um, we do a lot of challenges and connect with people all over the world internationally. It's a, uh, a, a thing that we do several times a year where we just invite people to kind of reach out for support. It's a very safe place. It's a healthy place. It's a positive place, but drmikediet.com has everything you'll need. Um, and reach out, check it out and, uh, be kind to yourself. Cool. And, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, our food and wellness group meets every week. We have a Facebook group. And so, um, if, for those of you who are listening, who want to kick off the year in your food and wellness, make sure you join the Coach Mike Bear Food and Wellness Group. Fill out a form. We accept it. And Mike will be giving a talk for the group. So thanks for coming in, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me and uh, Tony and all. And uh, here's to being banging and two times banging. Yes. Right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, make sure you click to subscribe. This is a free podcast. So make sure you share this. Share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, share it wherever you can. That makes me really happy. And until next time, keep it magical. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinigay, William Cusack, 
Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.